0: As part of her State of the State address in January, Governor Kathy Hochul is proposing an expansion of the state's Temporary Disability Insurance Program, which is utilized by New Yorkers who need an extended time away from work due to a medical or disability issue. To discuss the proposed changes and their ramifications, we're joined on WCNY's The Capitol Press Room by Sherry Lewant, co-founder and co-president of A Better Balance, a non legal advocacy organization. Welcome to the show, Sherry.
1: Thank you so much, David. I'm really happy to be here. We're very excited that the governor has put raising the TDI benefit into her proposal.
0: Well, yeah, let's talk about the current landscape, which has a maximum allowable state benefit for paid medical and disability leave set at $170 a week, which has been capped at that amount for more than three decades. What's the significance of that rate on workers in 2024?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we like to say uh, it, it hasn't been raised since Taylor Swift was uh, was born. And it's very bad for peop- people all over the state of New York who have medical needs and need to take some time off to attend to those needs. We passed paid family leave in 2016. Um, my organization was very active uh, in le- leading the fight for paid family leave, which covers uh, bonding with a new child, and also taking care of a seriously ill family member. And that law was built on the temporary disability insurance law, but it's a far better law. And the benefits under paid family leave right now are a little bit over a thousand dollars a week. So in essence, you can take care of for your, your father, for example, who broke his leg and needs to recover and get a thousand dollars a week. But if you yourself break your leg, No, you can't. You get $170 a week, which, as you say, hasn't been raised as a benefit level since 1989. And the vast number of people who would be affected by um, having a decent benefit for medical leave is just incredible in New York, because you're talking about maternal health, you're talking about women birthing people taking care of themselves during their pregnancies, if they need bed rest, if they need some serious time off. You're talking about people with mental um, health issues who need to, to attend to those, those issues. You're talking about people with cancer, people with long COVID. Um, and many of these um, groups who represent these people are in this coalition that we've built to try to fight for a better benefit for medical leave. So right now you can get medical leave, but It's capped at $170 a week, and that's what we want to change. Also, in paid family leave, there is job protection. You um, don't lose your job if you need to take that leave. But under the existing medical leave program, there is no job protection, so you could be fired if you have to take that time off. So we are very excited about the prospect of of finally matching these two programs, making sure that, um, that people in New York, that workers in New York can take the leave they need, both for themselves. Themselves and, for their families.
0: and is it safe to assume that the practical effect of capping the current medical and disability leave at $170 a week is that New Yorkers just can't afford to take the leave?
1: I think that's right. There are people who take it just because, you know, $170 is better than nothing. But the numbers of people who have actually taken advantage of it have gone down significantly over the last decade, which isn't surprising because um, it just isn't enough money to even pay rent. So certainly not not in New York City, but not not anywhere in the state of New York. At this moment um, we did we did some comparison and found that although 170 dollars a week would would pay rent um, in 1989 the average rent in in new york state now you would need to double that to even just pay rent so um, obviously people um, can take it we really see that people sometimes neglect their, their medical needs because they have to keep working they have to put food on the table they have to pay their rent um, they have to take care of their families. And so even if you do need to take that time to take care of of certain illnesses, um, you don't because you, you, you really can't afford to. And that's what we want to change.
0: So the proposal would tie the benefit to the state's average weekly wage, uh, getting the benefit to about $1,250 a week over a five-year period. Is that the the right number to shoot for, and is that timeline the way we should be thinking about this, or should a faster phase-in be considered?
1: Well, our goal is to leave for your own medical leave purposes um, the same in terms of a benefit as you get... And paid family leave to take care of a family member or to bond with a new child. So the ultimate goal is to make them the same, and that is what ultimately would happen here in the governor's proposal. We do think five years is too long. It's already been 30 years, and it's such a low benefit that at the very minimum, we would like to see the first year be a more significant raise so that people can really take advantage of this and and use it when they need it for their medical needs next year, not in five years. So um, we would like to see a much faster timeline. Ultimately, the goal is to make these two two programs the same and to tie it to the state minimum wage because there has to be a cap. you can't um, you can't just give people exactly what they're earning, particularly for higher earners. But um, we want this to be enough that people can live on it, at least take care of their basic needs while they need to be out of work.
0: Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining the Capitol Press Room. We're speaking with Sherry Lewant, the co-founder and co-president of A Better Balance. So we've been talking about the payout side of this equation, but what about the cost side of an increase? Who bears the brunt of that? Is that the the employer and employees who pay into the insurance program, or is the governor making some other pitch uh, for shouldering the cost?
1: No, this is a, um, it is a social insurance program, just as the paid family leave program is. In the disability program, it is a shared cost between employers and employees. The governor proposed a 50-50 split between employers and employees. Um, At the moment, um, employees pay a lot less. Um, at the moment they pay fully for paid family leave so we think maybe there, there's something to talk about on that split but it would regardless of, of what the split ends up being it would be a shared cost between employers and employees and we did a um, we did an analysis of what the cost would be and it would be a very very low cost even if you uh, kept the split the same as it is now which is which caps employee contributions at 65 cents a week the employer, Portion of it would only be $40 per employee per year. And if you split it 50 50, it's going to be a lot less than that, um, at least half of that. So um, it it is not a big cost at all because the, the cost of the premiums is spread out among all the workers in New York and all the employers in New York.
0: If I'm an employer, though, what is the benefit uh, for me from this program? Not only am I going to be paying more per employee for the insurance, there's also a greater likelihood that employees are going to take advantage of it now.
1: That is true. Um, we hope that more more people will take advantage of it. In an, ins- an insurance program like this, Two things happen. One thing is that you level the playing field so that smaller businesses or businesses that aren't making quite as much money um, and are fighting for good employees can give the same benefits as a larger, um, more profitable employer so that you've got small businesses that are trying to grow, trying to attract Workers and they can say, "Oh, yeah, we have a great disability program, just like that larger employer that you might be considering working for." And that's because the state is really um, is 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 really um, administering this program and making it the same for everybody. And then the other the other thing is that it's just it's just good all the studies that we've done and we've done a number in other states where um, there's paid family and medical leave, um, employee satisfaction, um, the ability to take time when you need it, the fact that somebody who's sick or somebody who's injured or somebody who has real problems that need to be addressed in terms of their health are not going to be the best employees necessarily, um, and that kind of um, it's much better for a worker to be able to take the time to take care of whatever it is they need to take care of and then come back to work full 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 throttle. So um it's it is a benefit for um for businesses. Um it's something that they can offer their employees and it's also um something that they can use to make sure that the workplace is is really um a place where people want to be and and will work up to their full efficiency.
0: Some employers offer short and long-term insurance uh, products for their employees uh, to purchase on their own. So given that landscape, does it make sense for the state to jack up its own benefit? Is there more of a case to be made that it should be a lower benefit so that it's part of a a broader picture of benefits, including the insurance policies that uh, an employee might buy for themselves?
1: Well, the um, the way we do um, paid family leave and temporary disability insurance in New York is to use private insurance companies. Pretty much. Um, There is a state insurance fund as well. But the the benefits are are really administered through insurance. So they are insurance products. and there are many many employers in the state that are already paying for disability insurance for their workers it isn't I, there there may be some that are also saying you, you can buy it on your own but there are also a large number that that already provide it for those for those businesses there's not going to be any extra cost and they'll be able to just do what they've been doing so um it it shouldn't it shouldn't be a burden on business in any in any sense um and this is a basic benefit it's not giving a very high Benefit level that um, that is above the state minimum medium wage, so it's a reasonable benefit, but it's not an incredibly high one. Most businesses are looking for ways to support their workers, so I think that um, this is not an unpopular thing for 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 businesses or employers writ large. And the people who will be most helped by having a state program or baseline state requirement, which is really what this is, are low-wage workers whose who's, whose workplaces are not supporting them, who are not um, giving them the benefits that they really need when they're sick, or they need to be um, they need to be out of work for a period of time. So um, I think that there are um, a lot of reasons why you really do need a baseline. You need you need something that all New Yorkers can benefit for. From uh, universal policy is is really important, particularly for um, for low wage workers who are much less likely to have those benefits at work.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Sherry Lewant. they're the co-founder and co-president of A Better Balance, a nonprofit legal advocacy organization. Sherry, thank you so much for making the time.
1: Thank you for elevating the issue because it, it's a really important one for New Yorkers.
0: And for a deeper dive on the state's disability benefits, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Rebecca Hanna, Assistant Vice President of Product Management for ShelterPoint, a private carrier of short-term disability and paid family leave coverage. Welcome to the show, Rebecca.
2: Thanks so much for having me, David. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. So how does
0: New York's current disability benefit, which is capped at $170 a week, compare to what is offered in other states with a government-mandated disability benefit?
2: Uh, A great question off the bat. Um, New York has the lowest medical leave benefit among states that have similar state-mandated medical leave programs. Let's just take into consideration our neighboring states. We have New Jersey, we have Connecticut, and Massachusetts. All of them have medical leave benefits that are far higher than New York's. New Jersey's weekly benefit maximum is uh, $1,000, a little over $1,000. Connecticut's weekly benefit maximum for medical leave is right around nine hundred forty dollars And Massachusetts uh, weekly medical leave is uh, right around 11, $1,150. When you compare that with New York at $170, we are way behind the curve here.
0: So while we're behind other states that offer a similar benefit, it is fair to say that the majority of states in the country don't have this type of mandate, though, right?
2: That's true. Um, Again, right now we're looking at 12 states that currently have state-mandated medical and family leave programs in place. In 2026, that jumps to 16 states. So we're seeing a rapidly increasing trend uh, in states adopting paid family and medical leave legislation to provide this vital benefit to the workers in those states. So in
0: terms of utilization of the benefit in New York, what stands out to you about who is able to take advantage of the program and the rates of utilization right now?
2: Well, so one of the biggest things that stands out to us, um, and I believe that, you know, other guests have spoken about the importance of, you know, women in the workforce and things like that, is that nearly 70% of the medical leave claims that we're seeing, they are for women. Um, and of those claims, uh, more than a third of them are related to pregnancy. So we have folks that are a vital part of our uh, economy and a part of our workforce, and they are stuck getting a $170 a week benefit. Um, Just let's say, for example, uh, you know, for postpartum recovery. So a standard six or eight week period post-birth where the mom is recovering from the delivery of their new child, That mom could get $170 a week. Meanwhile, her partner or her husband could get nearly $1,200 a week under New York's paid family leave law to care for her or to bond with their new child. So it's a really glaring inequity in the wage replacement amount that eligible workers can receive. And ultimately what that does um, is it can cause a couple of things to happen, really. Number one, it can cause people to either choose to not take the leave or they return to work early. So that means that they're returning to work before they're really medically capable of returning to work. Um, And we've got some data that shows nearly one in four women return to work before their postpartum recovery period has concluded. And also because of such a great disparity in the benefit rate, it can really force uh, families into a difficult spot. They may have to go further into debt, or they have to sometimes even make hard choices like, do I pay my rent this month? I don't have the money because I'm not getting a fair and equitable uh, wage replacement benefit while I'm out of work because of a medical condition.
0: Is this uniquely a low-income issue, or is this something that might potentially negatively impact high-income earners as well if they're living paycheck to paycheck, because for them, the drop to $170 is a week is even more meaningful.
2: It affects all workers in the state. Um, those that are living paycheck to paycheck, whether you're lower income or higher income, you're absolutely going to be impacted. Um you know, the state has made some good pushes to adjust benefits in other areas and also do things like adjust the minimum wage so that the minimum fair wage that you're receiving for work right now is between $15 or $16 an hour in New York, depending on where you are, right? For disability benefits, the $170 a week equates to about $4.25 in wages. So we're really talking about Way low benefit amount here that desperately needs to be updated. And it's really, you know, a tear in that kind of social safety net that we have. We have all these other programs that provide benefits to workers in various different situations. We have unemployment, we have workers' compensation, we have paid family leave. They all kind of index those benefit rates and entitlements to wage inflation. And this is the last kind of hanging thread that needs to be repaired and mended. The Equity and Leave Act does that because it increases that benefit amount until it matches and aligns with the family leave benefit amount.
0: Well, you mentioned the Equity in Leave Act, which is uh, legislation addressing uh, the weekly payout that came uh, in advance of Governor Kathy Hochul uh, announcing her own effort to increase the disability benefit. With the caveat that uh, we're speaking before the governor's budget has been released, does it seem like there's a lot of overlap between what the legislature has proposed and what the governor likely will advance?
2: So it does seem that the, the governor's proposal uh, closely tracks with what the Equity and Leave Act is trying to accomplish here. Uh, the governor's proposal talks about aligning that medical leave uh, benefit with the paid family leave benefit in a gradual phase in approach over a period of five years. What we don't fully know is what uh, the rest of the kind of details are behind the governor's proposal. And we're hoping to learn a little bit more about that in the coming weeks as the full budget gets released.
0: And what about the cost of this program? I believe there's uh, some expectation that the governor's plan is a 50-50 split for employers and and employees. Uh, Is that the same as what's in the Equity in Leave Act? Uh, And and from your perspective, does it matter how how the burden is uh, shouldered?
2: Well, so I want to point out right now in the disability benefits law, as is currently written, there is a cost sharing component already there. So employees and employers are contributing to the costs of this disability or medical leave program. We always recognize that determining the ultimate costs and you know, responsibility for who is going to be paying the premiums and what that specific uh, number looks like is going to be uh, heavily discussed um, and subject to negotiation and compromise. And ultimately, that's something that we feel that the legislature and the governor will work to address while taking into consideration all those different perspectives from the different stakeholders that are impacted by this particular increase.
0: And as a carrier of this type of coverage, what do you anticipate would be the the cost uh, that would have to be shouldered to to assume uh, the risk of people actually utilizing this benefit?
2: So I think it's a little too soon to say exactly what that number is going to look like. Like we said before, I think that there is going to be room for negotiation on what exactly that looks like. Um, this is again, just a proposal and what the final numbers end up being is very much subject to uh healthy discussion and ultimately will be decided by the legislature and the governor.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Rebecca Hanna, they're an assistant vice president of, Product management for Shelter Point. Rebecca, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for having me, David.
0: Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.